live. You can bring up anything. It is the live Saturday edition. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. And as always, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. Enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Show is about your calls. You call about anything. We go to the phones unscreened to the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Brian in New Hampshire. Brian, what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about a property dispute that we had today that we resolved without the government getting involved. Excellent. This is what I like to hear. Do tell. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, I bought... uh, uh, this property here in New Hampshire, uh, I, I moved here from Colorado as part of the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've got 45 acres here. My neighbor has, um, I think, uh, 11 or 12 acres. And uh, uh, the I, I had always assumed that there that where the boundary was, there was a road that went back to the, the back 40, the 40 acres. And I had assumed that that road was mine. Of course, you know, the real estate agent who, who uh, sold the place said, oh, yeah, that's your road. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Uh, we're we're building a place, and you know I, I'm on good terms with the neighbor next door, and um, uh, we started building back there. We we built a pen for the horses just to keep the horses for the winter, and uh, we started putting up the fences. And he came by and said, uh, you know, not to be a jerk or anything, uh, Brian, but uh, you know he he came by with it with with the map of the property that he thought, and he thought that the the property line was a little farther than where I thought it was, and so I said, oh well, let, let's go take a look. So today. We went out there with a measuring stick, and we took all the all the you know uh, from all the maps, and we found out that yeah, indeed, the property line is about about 80 feet in uh, from where the, I thought it was. Hmm. So he has that road, uh-huh. and this is now where the property line was. And I said, oh, okay, well that's where the property line is. You know, we we, we could spend ten thousand dollars and get a uh, get a surveyor out here, you know, and and uh, you know set markers and everything. But you know, that's good enough for me as far as what you know he thinks he has and what I think I have. Yeah. It's not like we're we're gonna you know uh, you know get get the guns out for this. It's not worth but, a shooting so we were war. Able to resolve this. So you you were suggesting that perhaps this neighbor, had he wanted to be less neighborly, could have called some government bureaucracy up and complained, "Hey, this guy's building a fence on my property," and then you know some inspector would come out or enforcer would come out, and then you'd be threatened, and they would tell you you better move this or else, and you might move it then anyway. But that's just that's not a very nice way to go about things, is it? Well, in fact, uh, that, that something like that happened. You know, we've got these horses here, and we've got you know ten horses that are kind of out in the a uh, couple of paddocks we build off, uh, you know, near the uh, the front near the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, some cop comes driving up here, parks on my front yard, and of course I, I walk out there, and I've got my Glock on my on my belt like I always <laughs> do, and cause, so he didn't get out of his car. Right. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you know the uh, 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 what was it? The uh, he, he's the animal cruelty officer." They actually have an animal cruelty officer. I said, oh, is there a problem, officer? You know, uh, and, and I wouldn't have even talked to him except I was already in the front yard when mm-hmm. he came up. And he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, you have to provide uh, shelter for the horses. Uh, and and I, I finished his sentence. I said, between November 15th and March 14th. He said, oh, you know about that? I said, well, yeah. He said, okay, just wanted to make sure, you know, because somebody called, a concerned citizen called, and, oh, and, and you know, they sent us out. I said, well, you know, why didn't the concerned citizen just call me? And so, you know, I, I kind of expect this as, as you know, normal activity these days. People call the cops before they go to their neighbor. Yep, it's so, 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 uh, so uh, sad. 
Right. I was very encouraged when, when, when my neighbor, Dave, came by, and he, and he came by with his map, you know, and knocked on the door, and, I, and, and we resolved this thing. He came by yesterday. We got out there with the tape measure today. And we said, yeah, that's it. That's the boundary. I'm moving the fence. It's, uh, it reminds me of my situation here. I actually just posted a video on the front page of freetalklive.com. It's my appearance from this week's episode of Free Minds TV, where we spent a good amount of time talking about my situation, which is very similar in that there is some anonymous neighbor down the street that snitched out on my tenants because they have a couch out in their lawn. And it's a very similar situation. You could have just come to me, talked to me about it. We could have resolved the situation like two adults who live nearby one another and they didn't do that they went to the government they snitched and now there's you know government goons that are threatening to throw me in a cage over all of this i mean it's just also unnecessary when a simple conversation would have sufficed to solve the problem over a month a month and a half ago it's right. frustrating. That, that, that's exactly what happened here. You know, we're, we're inculcated. Uh, you know, uh, most most of us uh, were inculcated by these indoctrination centers called, you know, government schools. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's just what they want. And, and when we, we can get beyond that, I, I think we will have a, a, a civil society. I think so, too. And the, the more people that we have talking about stuff like this and making a, you know, taking a, a firm stand that whenever the government comes to you and says, hey, we've got someone who says that you did this and we need to make sure you correct it, standing up and saying, you know, I'd be happy to do that. Why don't you have that person come and meet me and then we can work it out? Until then, I'm not going to obey you. Until then, I'm not going to pay your fines and I'm not going to jump through your hoops. Thanks, seems, but no thanks. It seems to me that in America you should be able to face your accuser. Uh, that... <laughs> Uh, you know, that's what I've been taught all my life. You should be able to face your accuser. And now with these, uh, you know, all these little government agencies running around, they claim to be the accuser. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, what, was it you, Mark, that was, uh, I don't know who it was that was pointing out, but the, the actual couch enforcer, the guy that is the, uh, the, the code enforcement department here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the show from, or one of them, he doesn't even live in Keene. Right. What's his standing to be the, the complainant? Right. So even if he could claim that, oh, well, even though someone originally called it in, I came, saw it with my own two eyes, therefore I can be the complainant. Dude, you don't even live in the same geographical political designation. So it seems like it's just total bunkum to me. And people are starting to wonder if this mystery woman down the street even actually exists. And I wonder about that. Because I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to meet her. I hope I do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna retaliate against her. I'm not gonna complain about her property. I'm not gonna lower myself to that level. And I would like to encourage other people to raise themselves up and go ahead and talk to your neighbors. And if they, you know, if, if they're hurting, you're damaging your property or something like that. Talk to them first before you bring them to court. It's just the right thing to do. At least that's how I feel about it. And Brian, I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. would love to hear from you. Perhaps you have had a similar situation as Brian and myself have had, where some anonymous snitch, cowardly neighbor decided to go to the government and complain about your property or complain about something you were doing before anybody ever talked to you. So the first person you encounter about whatever the issue happens to be is some man threatening you. It's just not very neighborly. It's it's hard for me to imagine somebody having property and not having to de- um, having dealt with the government at some capacity or another in this in this way. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure people have dealt with the uh, with this situation. I'm just wondering if you wanted to share your story. Would love to hear from you. How frustrating was it for you? What did they? Uh, what what were your set of circumstances? Did you ever find out who the original accuser was? 
I mean, was it something where you found out because it was through word of mouth? You know, neighbors talking to neighbors. Is that how you had to find out about it? Has anybody actually, has anybody listening to this program that had some sort of code enforcement bureaucrat or some cop come over and say, hey, we got a report from one of your neighbors about blah, 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 you know, whatever the issue was. Has anybody ever gone ahead and taken that through to their court system and actually managed to face their accuser? Has anyone ever successfully done this? 1-800-259-9231. Because I'm going to give it a try. If the government people don't drop their threats against me, if they don't drop their case, discharge the case, whatever you want to call it, and make it go away, then I'm going to have to go to their court on October 29th, and I'm going to ask some questions that they probably won't want to be asked on camera, because I'm going to ask them why it is there's no jury, if this is indeed a trial. And doesn't it say in the Constitution that... Juries are supposed to be present for any issue involving more than twenty dollars. I don't believe that's what it says. I something, so. something to that effect. Why yeah. is there no jury, and why can't I uh, talk to the person who is accusing and me? And you've said on multiple occasions you're happy to happy to move the couch. Yeah. You just don't want to be threatened. And every time you deal with the government, it's a threat. Of course, I suppose when you're dealing with your neighbor and they have you, uh, you know, up against one of these zoning laws, and even if they're coming and talking nice nicely to you, you're still an implied threat. This much is true, but there's no implication if they aren't saying, I'm going to go to the government. At least they don't come and say, the next time I come by here, it's going to be a such and such, and then, you know, that kind of thing. If it's just a neighbor coming over to say, hey, I don't appreciate what you're doing here, that's just a conversation. It hasn't moved beyond that. More on the way. If you've got a story you want to share, do it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there, so head over, get interactive free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Okay, so nobody wants to tell their story about whatever happened to them with uh, some cowardly neighbor that snitched them out. So we'll move on, and we'll tell you a story, or at least a a little editorial from our friend Larkin Rose. Actually, I guess he's not technically a friend, but I'd like for him to be a friend. He seems like a really cool guy. Anyway, Larkin Rose, in case you don't know, he spent some time in the federal minimum security prison over... Uh, failure to file income taxes. Now, why did they target Larkin Rose when there are allegedly millions and millions of Americans that have failed to file income taxes? Well, Larkin Rose kind of made it his life's work up until that point to expose the income tax, basically. So they, they went after him for it, essentially, to send a message. You know how they like to do, do that stuff. And so when uh, Larkin was... 
I guess his process of sort of going through the the system and seeing what the justice system was like from the inside and seeing how much of a sham the entire thing really was – that probably plus just sort of the natural pr- progression towards uh, when you're sort of a liberty-minded person, when you believe in smaller small government, you start seeing ways that were reasons why small government isn't even that great of an idea, and why the voluntary society or you know a consensual consent-based society would be much preferable. And Larkin has come to those conclusions, and he's rejected the system entirely and so i really like his editorials now more than uh, even so more than i used to and he has a few things to say about the choice that most people believe that they're being given between old john mccain and barack obama and i think considering the election is heating up out there it's appropriate to talk about how there's not really a choice these days, says Larkin, you can hear and read all manner of rantings about how we simply must prevent an obama presidency I mean, you told me, Mark, that you've listened to some talk radio recently, some of the more conservative brand talk radio. Well, that's mostly what's out there. And uh, you, you hear a lot of trashing on Obama. Nobody's really talking about how great McCain is. They're just talking There's about how bad for that. Obama is. And uh, that's one of the things that he addresses here. Or you might hear how we simply must prevent a McCain presidency, depending upon who's doing the ranting. And lots of people have lots of bad things to say. Most of them true about the candidate that they hate the most. But what they fail to see is that having accepted the cult of democracy as legitimate, 99% of those whining about how bad one candidate is are then stuck supporting someone else who's just as bad. They're so indoctrinated into the mindset of slaves that the only choice they can even comprehend is, which slave master do we want? They're incapable of backing up and saying, Who says I have to support either of these psychotic jackballs? Oddly, those same people then project their own stupidity onto people like me who actually want freedom. If I point out that Obama is a national socialist, they say, so you like McCain? And then if I point out that McCain is a nationalist socialist, uh, excuse me, he also called Obama a nationalist socialist, nationalist socialist, they say, so you're a Democrat? Better yet, they rely on the ever-popular, if you don't vote, you can't complain. When the choices are Hitler and Stalin, the ones who don't vote are the only ones who do have the right to complain. And yet the American peasants... I think that Hitler and Stalin are a bit overstating it. Neither one of these guys, uh, you know, is talking about wiping out, well, at least their own citizens. I don't think... Was Hitler talking about that when he got elected? Probably not talking about it. I don't believe he was. And yet the American... It's it's not really a good plank to, uh, you know, to get elected on. And yet the American peasants continue to be vehemently partisan, one group insisting that we should be slaves of Obama, and one insisting we should be the slaves of McCain. If you suggest that we shouldn't be the slaves of either one, most Americans will be unable to even comprehend the concept. Let me make this perfectly clear. Well, they understand that we're going to be faced with an election. Um, we, the American people, are going to be faced with an election for a president. And, and the, the office of president has grown in power uh, throughout the 200-plus years this country has been around to well beyond a constitutional uh, level. And, and they know that that power has to be given to one of these two people. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? No. That's no. a false choice. Tell me, tell me the system that's going to – tell me the, the course of events – that's going to um, happen that is not going to put one of these two guys in the presidency. Oh, you, you talk about giving power to them, something having to happen. None of the, You don't have to participate. You don't have to be involved in this. You can withdraw yourself from it and I'll not be a I'll still be, be dealing with the consequences to some extent. But it won't really matter anyway. 
Whatever those consequences are, it'll all be relatively the same, regardless of its choice A or choice B. Anyway, Larkin says, let me make this perfectly clear. The outcome of the upcoming presidential election does not matter. Not in the slightest. Either way, a collectivist, nationalist socialist is going to win and is going to advocate more power for government and less freedom for you and me. You might as well have a national debate on what species the first dog should be for all the difference it'll make. Whichever lion crook you defeat, his identical twin will gain power. If only King George III had understood this trick, we'd still be under British rule. All he needed was some other control freak doofus like himself to run against in an election. Then the colonists would have been so distracted over the pointless debate over which aspiring tyrant was worse, it would never have occurred to them to tell both would-be tyrants to get lost. If you want to get bummed out, do a little research and find out the level of oppression, taxation, and regulation that was inflicted upon the colonies by King George III. You know, the amount of taxation that actually triggered a violent revolution? Yeah, I think it was the Abominable Acts. Uh, it, it amounted to something like 1.5% of, of their uh, gross annual income. How much do you pay in taxes on your gross annual income? Tried like several times that amount. What's the average amount these days, Mark? I mean, we're just talking about income 25%, taxes? 25% on 25%. income. 25%. But then you've got to add into that all the other taxes. And including social security taxes and local taxes and state taxes and various other federal taxes, the tax on your cell phone bill, your power bill. I mean, they're all over the place. Some people have estimated they go up, all, you know, those taxes go all the way up to 70 percent. Well, I don't think that England uh, sent money back for the maintenance of roads and things like that. So um, those, you know, you, you would fairly compare it to the income well, there, tax. I see where you're coming from, Mark, on that. But at that time, government wasn't really maintaining roads. It wasn't in their purview. They didn't start to pick that up. I don't think until the uh, the 1800s anyway uh, so compare that to the level of oppression taxation and regulation that's today inflicted on upon us by the current emperor how did our glorious and noble revolution end up making things so much worse for us simple democracy is the best tyrant scam in history it gives the illusion that people ha- that the people have power and so keeps them perpetually wasting their time and effort on things that have never and will never achieve freedom instead of doing anything that might actually work and 99% of americans worship democracy as if it's the ultimate salvation and they continue in that goofy belief even when they admit that they really aren't happy with the politicians they have to choose from and it's like we see it happening every single election season where the candidates say the same old crap and Americans keep falling for it year after year. It's amazing to watch it happen. We'll love your thoughts on this at 800-259-9231. It's not really a choice, is it? It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. 
All the features are free, and they include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. You know, we haven't gotten a Shrine submission in quite a while, Mark, so Mm. you lady listeners out there, if you'd like to be added, all the details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking the uh, diet supplement Dexy 20 for, I guess, a little over two months now, and I have broken the 180-pound barrier. I am uh, now less than 180 pounds, and... Where were you when you started? uh, Over 185 I mean, it hasn't okay. been it hasn't been a a huge trip or anything like that. But I've taken off those last few pounds, and they're the hard ones to take off. If you want you to take have off, a lot to lose, so yeah. yeah, it's not easy. If you want to take off a few pounds, Dexc20, it uh, it'll help you. It's helped me. Uh, you can lose weight the easy way with Dexc20, and you can get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC. Dexc20. It doesn't have all those weird uh, jittery you know things that go on with most diet pills either. All right, so we're going to get to your phone calls here shortly. Uh, first, one a few th- few more thoughts here from Larkin Rose at LarkinRose.com. He's talking about the false choice, that people in this country have been trained to believe that all they can do is vote for choice A or choice B in the election, or I guess there are some third-party choices, but really none of them are any good this year either. Uh, so let me just finish up his thoughts, and we'll jump into your calls. Your thoughts on this, if you'd like, at 800-259-9231. He points out that... Americans worship democracy as though it's uh, the ultimate salvation, and they continue in that goofy belief when they admit they're not even happy with the politicians they're being given to choose from. Now, ironically, in one way, the candidates being as bad as they are actually helps the tyrants trick us. Plenty of people say, well, as bad as Barack Obama is, we just have to defeat him. And, of course, that implies supporting his identical twin, John McCain. And on the other side, people are insisting that McCain and his fellow neocon crooks must be stopped at all costs. And that, of course, means supporting Obama. People are so determined to vote against the guy they're scared of, they hardly notice who they're voting for. Someone just as bad. In fact, someone exactly the same. My advice, for starters, don't vote. Don't legitimize your own enslavement by agreeing that anyone should rule over you. Second, completely ignore the election. Turn off the TV and the radio. But what does that do? What is the point in that? What's the point in following it? Don't you have better things to do with your time? Eh, I don't know. I mean, people like to watch football. Some people like to watch the elections. What's the well, big if deal? If that's what you're into, then you should keep doing it. But if it's something that bothers you, then you should not be involved in it. Uh, the election means nothing. It's a show designed entirely to keep you distracted and to keep you from thinking and doing things like voting, which will never, or to keep you thinking and doing things like voting, which will never achieve freedom for you or anyone else. Trouble is, people are so indoctrinated into democracy worship that if I tell them not to vote, they respond with... So I should just do nothing? Well, that implies that voting is the only thing that us peasants could ever do about the situation, an idea which is, of course, trained into the peasants by the tyrant's propaganda. And now for the punchline. For 99% of people, the political problem is not an external one. The politicians are not the problem. Your belief in the system and in their laws and your belief that government has the right to impose upon you any arbitrary command that it wishes is the problem. You view yourself as a slave beholden to your masters and believe that your overriding obligation is to obey politicians' scribbles. You know, they call them laws. As long as you believe that, why shouldn't the megalomaniacs fight over who gets to enslave you? I think there's some good laws out there, um, laws that uh, are, are meant to punish people that hurt other people, that steal from other people, those kind of things. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on that, Mark, but they're only good in concept. They're not good in reality because those laws can never be 
they can never be custom uh, they can never be perfectly customized to fit every single situation whereas if you just have one overarching principle and that is do no harm then all of the rest of it can come from whatever the individual circumstances are but, but as some people as you, are going to do harm as i understand that what I'm telling you is here, as soon as somebody does harm, then you deal with that case on an individual basis based on the circumstances. As soon as you have, as soon as you codify what it is that should not be done, then you have to have various, then it has to expand out from there because different situations will crop up that the law was not specifically written to, uh, to encounter, so they'll have to change it, they'll have to add to it, and then before you know it, you have this, this Leviathan-like structure that still, even if you added all kinds of permutations, to it still could not possibly be applicable in every single one of the of the circumstances that would pop up in life. So it's not necessary to write these things down. It's it's really not. Just having a general idea of do no harm, and if you do harm, you're going to have to make good. And then you let each individual arbitrator, whatever the cases are, decide based on the facts in the case what is an appropriate punishment. Anything written down, any guidelines, any mandatory uh, sentences, things like that, always just resort in more problems, more tragedy, and more distortions. Anyway, Larkin says, if the only question is which master you should have, then you're doomed either way. If, on the other hand, you start to entertain the radical and extreme idea that you aren't the property of the Republican crooks or the Democrat crooks, you might start to see new possibilities for freedom. And I think that's a pretty positive message. And I think that uh, if you've got any thoughts, you're welcome to share them with us at 800-259-9231. Maybe on this or whatever you want to talk about. We go to Mark listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hello. Good evening. It's on your mind tonight, um, Mark. Yeah, the uh, I'm I'm glad you guys are talking about it, the encroachment of a I call them safety Nazis. Okay. And they come snooping around, alleging someone complained about this or that or some other thing, and uh, I deal with them periodically. I got a garage, and they don't like how that it's the my garage and my house are divided by an alley. <laughs> they are now saying, uh, usually it's just cluttery issues and stuff air conditioners and working on things and the the very idea that I should try and make an honest dollar. But now they're saying uh, my garage cannot be uh, separate from my house So on a piece of property without a house next to it. What are they demanding you do about that? Uh, they want me to request a hearing and go on a, uh, a scavenger hunt of all sorts of documents and records and all this kind of thing. And um, I got the documents together. I haven't requested the hearing. I tried to tell them that I don't want a hearing. I'm okay with it. You yeah. Know, this, yeah. This is their issue. They if you want a hearing, you request it. Right. <laughs> you yeah, you exactly. write me a, a letter requesting a hearing. Then I'm concerned that if I do, if I wait on that though, then they'll 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 ramp it up and they'll make some big official stinky case out of it, and I'll be in more trouble. So I'm I don't know what to do, but uh, I did find out there are a couple of libertarians on the hearing board, so that's that's a comfort. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that is good to know. Perhaps you can appeal to uh, to them, and maybe you'll have some success at this. So you are—it does sound like you are going to jump through the the hoops that they're putting up for you, uh, because otherwise, if you don't, they're going to come and they're going to put a lien on your house, right? Yeah, it'll it'll lead to that. They keep—they don't, you know, as long as it's on the books, they won't drop it. They're like a dog with the bone; they yep. won't turn it loose. But yep. um, they've yeah, got I'm their system, they, and uh, that's how the, that's how it works. Once the uh, the ball, you know, once the ball is in motion, it can very. It's very difficult to stop it. It won't stop. It'll snowball, and they'll 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 add stuff to it, and they'll act like you have contempt for the court system right, and all this kind right. of stuff. They they you know they act like they own you really. They act like they own you they and that they, they own they're, your property. I think they're part of the globalist new world order. They're just a highly localized 
You know, I don't know about that. I think that's paranoid. Just, pa- just uh, power hungry bureaucrats but is it, what they are. It's okay to be paranoid when they are out to get you. But I, I uh, understand. It, so, it, it is paranoid, and it sounds absurd, and and I may be entirely wrong about that. Yeah, I don't I think they're so. out meeting with the Bilderbergers or anything like that. Uh, no, I think um, that what you're dealing with there is just individuals who the, the the government system, since it's a system of organized coercion, it's violence over your over our fellow man, basically. Those people who are most interested in wielding that force and wielding that dangerous uh, entity that we call government are going to be the ones that go for it. They're going to be the ones that run for office it, because it they really dig it. using power over others. It doesn't really have anything to do with anything global. They know about that, but they're, they're playing into it. But anyway, uh, I'm, I've, I went to city county council and uh, and they all they say it's a state issue. No, it's a local issue. No, it's a state issue. Right. I got passing I the, buck. the state folks and they said it's a they said it's a state issue, and so I sent that back to the local folks. I wish you but, good luck, Mark. I thank you for the story tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You cannot so get accountability. Yes, so frustrating dealing with the government. And people act like that's the only choice. It's not that frustrating dealing with uh, private companies. They want to help. They want to you know, they want to work it out because they want to keep you as a customer. The government, they know they've got your butt. I've they don't n- care. I've never had a private company come by my front door and threaten to hurt me. And threaten to throw me in a cage if I didn't do what they wanted me to. If I didn't hire them, you know, to clip my trees or my bushes or something like that. They've never done that. If I don't want their services, they, you know, move on to the next guy. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. Just dial toll-free and bring up anything at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever you're buying, 41-plus categories to shop, and free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of items, used items even. Anything you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. So we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. And then we'll uh, tell you about what's, well, sort of like a gun ban. Kind of. Well, uh, Mark, you'll explain that a little bit later. But first we go to Mark, a different Mark, in Phoenix. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Mark in Phoenix. Going once. Do we have Mark in Phoenix going twice? Let's try Paula in Florida. Paula, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hello. Hi, hon. I was just listening to that gentleman, and as long as his garage is not causing any type of problem, there's nothing they can do to him. Well, now, wait a minute, Paula. How do you know? Apparently, it's causing a problem in that some government bureaucrats say his garage needs to be attached to his house. Yeah, but he said there's an alley between. Is this a county alley or what? I don't. I didn't get a description from him on what he meant by alley. If it's on his property. He may simply he owns the property it's on, and it's yes. not causing a problem. There's nothing they can do. Well, there is something they can do. Uh, you see, governments. I don't. Maybe you've never had it. Do you own your own home, Paula? Yeah. Okay, I'm surprised you've never had an encounter like this. Basically, what'll happen, and I know this because I've had a, a very lengthy conversation with a government code enforcing bureaucrat uh, recently here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do the program from. But he told me basically that uh, they're going to decide whether or not I'm in violation. I mean, they've already sent me this violation ticket, and then they will decide whether or not I'm guilty, and they'll 
decide that I'm guilty, and if so, they'll uh, they'll you know they'll hit me with a fine, which I'm not going to pay. And so if you don't pay their fine and you don't correct the problem or whatever it is they perceive as a problem, in his case, it's the garage not attached to the house. If you don't correct that and you don't pay the fine, then they go ahead and they attach that fine to your house in the form of a lien. And then eventually, in most places at least, I don't know, maybe it's not this way in Florida, but I'm pretty sure it is pretty much this way everywhere. Eventually, if you don't uh, if you don't satisfy that lien, then they're going to take your house from you. They'll they'll sell it at what they call a tax sale. They'll they'll sell your home right out from under you, and the entire process is completely legal. Now, most of us would call that stealing, but that's not what they call it. They call it a tax sale. So I, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, Paula, but these people are willing to take people's homes from them if they don't obey their every single arbitrary absurd absurd diktats. Does okay, that make when, sense? He, when he when he built that garage, okay, the thing is he had to go by the codes of the county. So I mean, there had to be an approval to begin with. But codes can change, Paula. Well, Look. they need to stop them from changing them. <laughs> but well, I suppose you can always run for to, office. Yeah, but there's nothing that you were talking about about you know there's no choice for president. I mean, like McCain and Obama. Yeah, you're right. But we've got other people we can vote for. Who's that? Chuck Baldwin, for one. Yeah, if you you know if you're a theocrat, if you're the kind of person that has a uh, d- very defined moral system that you want to force upon others at the threat of violence, then Chuck Baldwin would be a good choice. Uh, but otherwise, if you're somebody that loves liberty and understands the art of allowing others, our neighbors, to uh, live their lives how they want, uh, to be being good neighbors and, and to essentially butt out of other people's business if you're somebody like that if you're somebody that appreciates being left alone and was is willing to also leave others alone then no you don't want to vote for chuck baldwin because then you'd be endorsing a man who wants to enforce his morality on others at the at the point of a gun he can't enforce his morality on anybody oh he won't do it it's his job as the executive branch to order other uh, people to do it they call themselves the police the police morality will come and do those is things something that is chosen by a person, not by forcing by another person. Oh, I agree with you. I think each individual gets to set their own morals for themselves. I agree with that. Unfortunately, the problem is, since we have this government around, which is nothing more than, again, an organization of men and women willing to do uh, do violence on people who don't obey their every single order and diktat, uh, yeah. as long as you've got government around, people who believe that their moral system is superior are going to go and try to get a hold of those government uh, that government apparatus so they can force their morals onto others, and if the others don't accept their morals, then they'll put them in cages or possibly kill them. This has Wait. been, you know, this is what many people in government would like to do, and that, and Chuck Baldwin is no different. He might be really? good on the issue of taxes, but he's not good on the issue of personal freedom, period. Well, the thing is, I mean, like you said, uh, we've got a constitution. They can't force anything on anybody. Well, I, mean, I, I wish I lived go. in the same world that you did, Paul, or you do, Paula, because they have guns, and when they use those guns, they don't get in trouble for it. So, yeah, they can force what they want on people, and there are no consequences for them. Whereas if you and I, if I, if I went over to your house, Paula, and I said, Paula, uh, my son is in the hospital, and I need $100. In fact, you need to give me $100. And I pull out a gun and point it at your face. You don't give me that hundred dollars. I blow your head in, come into your home and ransack it and steal all that stuff. People will come after me for that, and they should because I've done wrong. But if the cops do the same thing, then they get a medal. Well, you know, you think I'm exaggerating? I don't think, you know, when it, when it comes to going against their own people and their own families, I don't think they're going to 
I tell you what, I've heard a lot that a lot of these police officer stuff are not going along with anything. I mean, they're they're fighting this, too. Remember, well, our, good. Our, I hope that's the truth. And, Paula, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. I know there are some good cops out there, and I know that there are still some cops who, when ordered to do certain things that they understand very clearly are unconstitutional and against what they swore an oath to uphold and protect, I know there are some cops who have drawn lines in the sand and have said, look, if this order ever comes down, for instance, to confiscate firearms, I am not going to follow those orders. That said, I don't think they're in the majority. I have no, I have no evidence to back that up. I just don't think that those kind of cops are in the majority. I think the majority of cops are going to follow whatever orders it is that their higher-ups give them to follow. If it's to steal guns, to take guns from people, they'll do that. If it's to put innocent people in cages, they'll do that. They've been doing that for years. All the 20,000 gun laws we have in this uh, in this nation, uh, from what I can tell in the uh, Second Amendment here, it says, uh, you know, the right to keep and bear uh, people, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, who's enforcing those? You know, I've got evidence, actually, Mark. I, I suggested that I didn't really know for sure if it was the majority or not that wouldn't enforce bad laws. Like, let's just use gun confiscation, because you do have a gun-related story we'll get to a little bit later. But let's use that as the example, because we've actually seen in recent times that happening. After Hurricane Katrina, in, uh, I think it was the New Orleans, you know, New Orleans, Mississippi, they had National Guardsmen, and they had California Highway Patrolmen, and they had other cops, Louisiana cops and Mississippi cops. They had those people going around confiscating firearms from people. We've seen video footage of it. We know for a fact that it happened. And you would think that if there was some good cops on the ground in Louisiana at that time, that they would have said, whoa, wait, wh- I'm sorry, Sergeant, what did you say? You, you said we have to go confiscate weapons from people? Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. First, uh, Second Amendment here says that I, I, sorry, I swore an oath to uphold this document, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Second Amendment makes it pretty clear that uh, I shouldn't be infringing on people's right to bear arms. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to enforce that particular order. I am not going to follow your order. In fact, I'm going to arrest you for even giving that order. Now, I'm not suggesting they should go to that last step. That'd be nice if they would. But just not following the orders. We ne- we did not hear one story, not one about any cop with the cojones to actually stand up and say, no, I'm not going to confiscate firearms. He wouldn't be an employed cop for very long, I can tell you that. That'd be news. If a cop got fired for not following those orders, that would be a news story. Why wouldn't the NRA or the Gun Owners of America or the other organizations that were promoting the fact that the weapons were being confiscated also at the same time find one of those good cops to interview and say, you know, have have that cop on camera and, and show how shocked he was that he would receive such an order and 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 point him out for being such the great guy that he is because he wouldn't follow the order and then talk about how other cops should be doing this in fact why is it that more cops weren't doing this well no cops were doing that from what i can tell because we never heard diddly squat about it you'd think the word would have come out right wouldn't that one cop want to let it be known that he would he did the right thing wouldn't somebody find out that their their buddy got fired because he did the right thing so if it was happening, and maybe it did, maybe that maybe it did happen to one or two cops, but it wasn't the majority, because if it was the majority, you can better believe we would have heard about it. Not in New Orleans and not in Kansas when they had that uh, after the tornado. After the tornado, uh, was it this year? 
Gun confiscations are happening in this country, people. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number two is on the way. We do have some ladies on the line. We're going to get to them first. But Danny is hanging on, and he says that he wants to hear solutions from our show instead of just complaints. Maybe it's his first time listening. I hope Danny hangs through the news and through these lady listeners. Because uh, we are going to get to everybody. If you're on hold, we'll put you on the air. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And yes, we do have a solution, don't we, Mark? Yes, we do. All right, more on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. And again, it's freetalklive.com. Let's go right back into your phone calls. That's the point of the program. People waiting patiently. Ladies do come first. So we'll talk to Amira, listening in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Amira. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I'm wondering about um, education. I've heard you guys talk a lot about um, the government-run education system and uh, how you're not into it. I'm just wondering, what system would you consider relevant? How would you take care of people who can't afford private school, for example? Well, this is is the first thing that uh, somebody says when in in the area of education. Now, would you agree with me that the vast majority of students that are in public school are not um, unable to afford schooling? Well, not the students, but their parents aren't unable to to afford schooling, that it is, in fact, welfare for middle-class people? Well... um I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I mean, it, I, I, I don't nice, know about Mark. I don't know about Canada, but I can tell you in the United States that you know, something like ninety percent of the students, um, of the people going, of kids in school, are going to public schools. Ninety percent of the uh, nation is not unable to afford, uh, you know, a, a private school education. My mom felt that it was very important that I get a private education. We were by no means rich, um, and she, she made, made it sure, happen. Yeah, she made it happen because it was important to her. So what you're telling her here, Mark, is that charity would be able to help out those people who were in need. Say I mean, the dot bottom 10 or 15 percent. Right. Right now, we have a very, very charitable country that we live in. People give money even to people that they'll never even see. I remember after the tsunami happened over in Thailand a couple of years ago, I think Americans voluntarily poured something like $300 million into various different funds supporting those people, and they never would have even seen the results of their charitable efforts there. Whereas if you're talking about local kids in your local area, putting them into school, that's a real charity that you can really touch and you can really see how you're making a difference in people's lives. So that would be the answer, of course, would be voluntary. Hmm? I'm sorry, if all schools are private, 
Do you think that that will breed competition? I think that, that I think that the term private is kind of a misdirection. I think that what you mean to say is that all schools would be privately owned, but that wouldn't that, that doesn't mean that they're private. That simply means that you could, for instance, Seven Eleven. It's privately owned, but you can go it's the in. Same thing. Just go in and answer a question. You can go in and, as a member of the public, shop there. So the same thing with the the schools that we're talking about here. They would be open to the public as far as anybody who could pay for them. I mean, there may be other schools that have much more stringent requirements, but that's how the market marketplace works. There's always a variety of options to choose from. So we would see a much greater variety in the educational uh, venues and options that were on the table. They don't all even necessarily have to involve everybody going to the same classroom. They could involve internet uh, sort of efforts and things like that. Maybe some uh, some innovations that we've yet to even imagine, we've yet to even see happen that just haven't happened because we haven't had a free marketplace in education. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you're right, actually. I think that if um, everybody had to pay for school, People would have much better education at a much lower price. Thanks, Amira, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's go on to Irene, listening in Indiana, or Indiana, rather. Hello, Irene. Yes. Um, the reason I'm calling is just to talk about about three citations that we've had from the code enforcement since we've lived here. Oh, boy. And um, we live in an historical neighborhood, which, oh. was declared, which was declared to be that, oh, I think maybe six or seven years ago. Were you, and, already, uh, were you already living in it at the time? Uh, yes. Uh, that's nice. It's nice that they declared it a historical neighborhood around you see, and then, that's what and I told then Paula. threw up these, uh, the, these zoning rules right. around you. They'll just change the rules on you. Yeah, well, what happened with us was the first time, I think the first citation we got it was when we weren't a historical neighborhood. But anyway, that was when an, um, I do think that a neighbor, um, and I, I'm not sure of this, but uh, we were... Uh, the, the code enforcer came out and accused us of um, that a neighbor had said we played loud music at night. Now, we really wouldn't want to do that because my husband and I have an incidental business in our home and we do some private teaching, and we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot if we did something stupid like that. So that wasn't true, but, of course, they'd never tell us who who said sure. this. You know, they never would tell us. So they said, well, you can't teach after 4 o'clock. So we said, oh, okay, so we've just gone on and done what we do, you know, and didn't pay attention to them for that that citation. And then there was the time when our garage did need painting, and this was after the neighborhood was declared an historical neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And our garage did need painting, and we were in the process, actually, of uh, getting that arranged. Well, so the code enforcement sends us a letter and said, if you don't paint this, in 30 days, you will be fined and all kinds of stuff. But luckily, if a, if a neighbor did turn us in for that, they could have come and asked us. And so, but this is the funniest one I want to tell you about. Okay. Uh, we, the, the third citation that we've gotten, um, the last week in September, we hired a roofing company to re-roof our house. Because um, on Father's Day, we had a little hail storm here. Okay. And so we had to have our, our house and our uh, garage re-roofed. And so uh, this, they came out, and the dumpster was in the driveway. And on <laughs> Monday, I think uh, last week in September, on Monday, they were here beginning the work. And on Wednesday, we got a letter from the code enforcement. And the letter had was, was their little form that... Uh, Checks off uh, all the stuff that they can get you for violation. You know, yeah. yeah. So he so what was marked on that form was roofing materials are missing. 
missing. Roofing materials are missing, and so you have 30 days to get this fixed. Now, we had a roofing company roofing, re-roofing our house, so naturally there were roofing materials missing, and it made no sense Missing? Missing all. from the roof? Missing from the yeah. roof? You were missing yeah, shingles missing from or something. the roof. I see. And, and roofing materials missing from the roof. Of course, they were taken. They had taken it off, and they were, you know, doing the job, right. you know, as they. And so, uh, what were they demanding that you do about it? Well, they said, in 30 days, have this done, or you'll be fined, or whatever it was. Well, of course, it was going to be done within 30, 30 days. days. We had a roofing company <laughs> that was roof, re-roofing our house, and it was the most ludicrous, yeah. stupid thing. So what do you have to? I mean, if if uh, if you get the job done, do they demand that you inform them, or does the thing just go away on its own? Well, the way I think it is, is it just goes away on its own. Well, that's good. You know what this probably is? It's just bureaucrats trying. They, they probably have a quota. Uh, they probably have a certain departmental average that they have to reach. We know this to be the case for some uh, state police departments around the the country. Mm-hmm. So they probably have. You know, their boss says, "Hey, I need you to write ten tickets a day, or mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is." Mm-hmm. And so, even though he knows that you've obviously got a company there roofing, he just made some crap up and wrote it down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, that's a, that's his ticket for the day. He's he's qualified for his job, and he gets yeah. his paycheck. At the end of the week. That's probably mm-hmm. all that is. And, it, the, you know, the harassment never ends. And all this stuff ends up doing is it ends up turning neighbor against neighbor. It ends up creating a very unneighborly environment to live in, wherein neighbors feel like they should go to the government first, because if they don't go to the government, then eventually their neighbors will possibly go to the, you know, go to the government on them for something. And it's just like you, you, people just keep fighting with one another. And yeah. it's all so unnecessary. And, and, you know, in the wash, none of the neighbors end up benefiting in any way. I mean, I mean, yeah, no, they might I'd... get to control their neighbor's property. And I thank you, by the way, for the story in the call tonight. They might be able to get to control an aspect of their neighbor's property and that if they didn't like that the, uh, the, the grass was growing too tall, they'll get it cut. They might get that. But they don't get a chunk of the $100 fine. Right. They don't get a piece of the action. The money all goes into the coffers of the government so they can keep printing out more of these tickets and keep giving them to people. The money's not going to uh, charity. That money's not going to feed the poor. It's going to the government's budget, and it's going right back into the code enforcement department. So the government feeds off of turning neighbor against neighbor. And this is, of course, what the government does at all levels. It does it at the local level, all the way down from house to house, turning neighbor against neighbor. It does it at a local level in that you've got interest groups lobbying for control over the government school system or interest groups lobbying over whether or not there should be a stop sign put in. I think somebody's uh, complaining here in uh, where we do the show about salamanders or something like that. Building a special bridge for salamanders. <laughs> so, and at the national level, you've got interest groups com- conflicting over various different issues. So this, uh, this is all that government does is it creates conflict where otherwise it wouldn't necessarily exist. Especially if neighbors were actually going and talking to one another like neighbors are supposed to and adults should. More on the way. You can bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And that's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, and if you are one of our radio listeners that only gets the Saturday show, missed a lot of moments because we do a weekday show as well, head over to freetalklive.com. 
and click and download. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. We go back. Uh, the archives go back for an entire year, all free at freetalklive.com. Advance liberty at the local or national level through a summer internship at the Koch Summer Fellowship Program. The program places libertarian and free market students and recent graduates at organizations in Washington, D.C. and at state-based think tanks across the country. All positions are paid and include housing and travel allowances as well as multiple career workshops throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. That's libertarianinternships.com. These come with uh, stipends, housing allowances, the whole thing, and... All you have to do is basically be a, a college student. LibertarianInternships.com. Okay, uh, so because Danny didn't hang on the line, unfortunately, couldn't wait through those two lovely ladies that we talked to, uh, we are going to answer his question, even though he didn't really have a chance to, answer, uh, to ask it on the air. So we're going to presume uh, what his question was based on the very basic call screening information we had. Uh, Danny was going to ask from South Carolina. Because it's a really valid question. Yeah, it absolutely is. He was going to say, well, he wanted to hear solutions instead of just complaints. And I could understand, uh, normally, we're, normally we're pretty good at, at giving solutions to problems, and I guess we just hadn't gotten around to it yet. So I'm glad that he called Likely it was the, his issue. first time listening, because we do give a lot of solutions. That's but true. first, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to take a look at uh, Republican and Democrat radio that uh, you know, is in the talk sphere. What's their solution? Vote for the Republican or vote for the Democrat, and I swear the life will be better. It'll all be roses once the Republican and the Democrat are in. However, um, we had from 2000 to 2006 where the House, the Senate, and the um, White House were all controlled by Republicans. And And they slashed the size of government down by by two-fifths. No. No, no, they grew it by uh, the most we've ever seen a president grow the government ever. Even oh. though he said smaller government, but this when he time, ran. this time it's different, Mark. Right. This time so when we I'd vote like for to the point Republican, out, talk radio, not giving a lot of solutions <laughs> out there. However, here at Free Talk Live, we will do just that. Yes. Now, first, the solution we'll would be multiple solutions. Downsize the government. There's the solution. Now. Yeah, but how do you do that? How do you do that? The Libertarian Party, you, you could vote Libertarian. That However, hasn't worked. They've been, we've been doing that for 40 years. Right. Uh, you know, since 1971, as the Libertarian Party's you been out there. Run, you could run as a Republican or Democrat, but you could secretly be a Libertarian, like Ron Paul. Um, and, you know, he's the one in Congress. Right, but it didn't work for president. No, no, that people even people that knew that he was the best choice wouldn't vote for him because they didn't think he could do it or whatever yeah. reason they wouldn't because they didn't believe his policy or whatever. The fact is, we've looked at all these situations, been on the air five years, going on six or something like that. We've looked at all these we're solutions. We're entering our fifth year of syndication. Okay. Uh, well, but we were on prior to that, too. That's true. Um, so we've looked at all these solutions. None of them work. None of them satisfy us. We decided that the only thing that was going to work was the Free State Project. It's a, uh, an organization that uh, intends to move thousands of liberty-loving individuals to one state to keep that state uh, you know, more free, less government growth, that kind of thing. Um, we were welcomed by – we, we chose New Hampshire and were welcomed by the governor of that state. Um, you know, open arms, and I found uh, New Hampshire to be a rather welcoming place since I've been here uh, the, the two years now. And I consider myself a granite stater, not a free stater. And 
you know, our intent is to currently slow the growth of governments. We certainly need people to move here to uh, the more people, the the less government growth you'll see. And maybe we'll turn it back and, and really have some liberty. Right. Now, you want to talk about real detailed solutions. We can do that. We're getting some calls and we're going to go to those. But as far as the Free State Project is concerned, the basic concept is sound. Those who love liberty, and by liberty I mean the uh, the ability to live your life how you want, uh, as long as you don't harm others, those who understand... That's the real meaning of liberty. Right, it's those, not some word that you'd use in the Pledge of Allegiance. Those who understand the art of allowing others to also be free to live their lives, the art of honoring your neighbor's choices in whatever it is they decide to do. If you're willing to honor your neighbor's choices and allow others to be free and want to be yourself, you should be here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Because once you get here, then the, the this, this uh, smorgasbord of solutions opens up to you. There are so many different opportunities up here as far as what you can get active in that just doesn't exist anywhere else. There are political opportunities that are impossible in the other 49 states. We have so many great activists here doing that sort of thing. It's really amazing what they've been able to pull off because I'm pretty jaded towards politics. Uh, but I actually think there's a chance for it here in New Hampshire. And what's most exciting to me are some of the market-based uh, activism, some of the media that's being created, uh, the RidleyReport.com, uh, some of the you, you know the YouTube channels, Free Minds TV, Free Talk Live, this show, uh, all kinds of various liberty media, AnarchyInYourHead.com being created all here in New Hampshire. And also exciting out of the marketplace are some of the uh, some of the civil disobedience and some of the non-cooperation that we've seen. We've talked about quite a bit and we'll continue to discuss here on Free Talk Live, but we need to go to your phone calls and we'll tell you more about uh, what uh, the Free State Project is doing coming up in March next year here in a bit. But first, let's talk to Mike listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight? I was, uh, you've heard of some of these states talking about, you know, succeeding from the union. Uh, Montana was talking about that if, um, you know, the Congress uh, voted against their gun rights that they would succeed from the union. And you've heard a couple of northern states talking about it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, I'm wondering if one starts, are we going to see a chain reaction of, of this, like the when Russia fell apart and everybody broke into different republics. I hope so. I mean, I don't know if it's going to break out into 50 different states, but if it breaks out into 10 or, you know, 49, it doesn't matter to me. I think it absolutely should be a chain reaction because it only makes sense to get the hell out of this insane federal government. It's not that I don't love America. It's that the federal government is out of control and there's absolutely nothing that the individual can do about it. It's going to grow. The people that want power badly... The people that want to control people's lives badly, it's too big of a plum yeah. out there. It's the most powerful government on earth and the most powerful government the world has ever seen. Right. They're not going to uh, leave it alone. I agree. I mean, I'm just thinking that if you know they uh, start succeeding and it starts snowballing, my only concern would be some of the republics, like in Russia, you know, some of them decided to stay communist, some of them decided to be democratic. Um, but, you know, I'm all for... Well, know, I mean, you can da- you can darn well bet that things are going to be awfully different in California yeah. versus in New Hampshire, which is one of the reasons why the federal government is such a bad idea, because I love liberty, and I want liberty in my lifetime, but I know that there's a whole hell of a lot more people out there in California that d- could give a flip about freedom, and as long as they have some sort of influence over what I get to do in my life, I'll never be able to be free. So we need to get the hell out of this federal government. We do need to... Succeed at seceding and uh, get the hell out because uh, it's the, it really is the only sensible solution. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's an excellent solution that we didn't really touch on as we were talking about some potential solutions. Is there any buzz about that down there in uh, South Carolina? 
Uh, just a few people who are, you know, upset about, you know, the bailout and what the government's done, and they're like, you know, we just might as well succeed from the union again. <laughs> you know, and yep. they're like, okay. You know, well, it'll, okay, it'll, this time, guys, in South Carolina, don't shoot on a government <laughs> fort, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It wasn't South Carolina that far, It was South it? Carolina where Fort Sumter was fired on. And, you know, that's what started the uh, the, 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 the Civil War. Yeah, if, if they would have not fired on that fort, things might have been, di- might have been different. Yeah, what would the world be like today? Not More that it's South Carolinians' fault. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything, just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. They include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. We mentioned the Free State Project a few moments ago. They are also a sponsor of the program, uh, and we are both, by the way, members of the Free State Project. We were members before they were sponsors, too. Far, far before they were sponsors, in fact. And we're excited about attending the 2009 Liberty Forum. Signers, not really members. Whatever you want to call them. Anyway, we're excited about attending the upcoming Liberty Forum for 2009. It's happening in early March, and you can go and get all the details at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. But basically, envision having hundreds of liberty-minded people surrounding you, all in a a hotel for the weekend, all hanging out, socializing, networking, going to different presentations, panel discussions, dinners, things like that. Having a great old time together. Imagine being around that many people that also love liberty, and then imagine the conversations you will have and the things that you will talk about and the times and the, ex- uh, the exciting things that, would, that will occur, the people that you'll meet. If you've been before, you know exactly what it's like, and you're probably coming again. But if you've never come to the Liberty Forum, then we'd like to invite you. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use our discount code to save 10% on the already low early bird prices. Go to, to uh, Use this code, 2009FTL, that's 2009FTL, and you'll get 10% off. Lots of uh, great liberty-oriented luminaries will be speaking there, many still to be announced. So get in on the early bird pricing while you still can at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we continue here, your calls about what you want. We go to Bill, listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Bill. Bill in Indy. Going once. Bill and Indy going twice. Maybe we'll put him back on hold and instead try Gene in Florida. Gene, you're on the amp line. Well, hello, guys. I thought I'd call you up. Gene, are you talking right in? I'm sorry, Gene. Are you talking? Do you have like a, a Bluetooth headset on or something like that? No. No, it's a, uh, it's a wired headset, but I can take that off. That would be awesome. Anybody calling? Just How's as a that? future. Uh, that... Go ahead. Does that work better? It is yes, better. better. Go ahead. Because that's. All right. Um, anyway, I thought I'd talk about the economy. The economy is uh, on everybody's mind right now, and I'm going to give you the Christian anarchist predictions of what's about what's to come. Okay, hit me. And uh, well, basically, I think the economy is going to look like China looked like 14 years ago when I first went there, and that is uh, people will be uh, much uh, 
much more cut back in what they can afford. They'll be uh, uh, eating very base amounts of food, mm -hmm. just your basic stuff. People will not have two and three cars. They'll just have one car if they're lucky, as no cars if they're not. And uh, people will be riding bicycles a lot more, walking. You're going to see people walking on the streets. Uh, people are going to be going hungry, and you're going to be see seeing people begging in the streets. How and soon are you expecting this, this, Gene? What, what, when would you say this is going to come through? I would give it six more months. Wow, that's, and, uh, that's pretty quick. Pretty dire prediction. Yeah, this will be the worst Christmas on record. We're going to have a very poor shopping season. Uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of people are going to be on, uh, laid off and without jobs. A lot of people made investments and invested too heavily in their homes, and they're going to lose them. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a, a catastrophe that we have never seen before, and we're never going to see again. Basically, it's the fall of Rome all over again. The United States is coming to an end, and I want to encourage all the liberty minded people out there to get involved and help pick up the pieces and put together a better situation once all this falls apart because it is coming to an end. This is the end of the end. And uh, we're going to have to work together to make a real free society. Thanks, Gene. I, I no hope we can stay... Intervention. Yeah, I, I like the positive end to your message and it sounds like you're somewhere fun, so you should get to that. <laughs> Somebody's well, singing back there. I hope I he's know. wrong. Um, yeah, but... I hope he's... he's uh, I think it was a pretty dire stuff. I don't know. I feel like the marketplace is a pretty powerful entity and that the people are still gonna... I, at, at some point, uh, the fiat currency that we have, the, the dollar, the greenback backed by nothing, it's going to have to go... I mean, fiat currencies only go one direction. They become less yeah. and less and less val valuable until, you know, you've got some situation like they had in Zimbabwe or uh, right. in Weimar Republic in, uh, in, in Germany. But if you look at uh, hyperinflation, if you just go to Wikipedia and look at the huge list of countries that have uh, dealt with hyperinflation... You'll see that there's some bad things happening. Oh, I think there's no doubt that some of what Gene says is going to be the case. I mean, people are going to probably be cutting back. We've already seen evidence of that actually happening at this point. To some extent, I and, think that's a good thing. But. And, you know, I, I'm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, being frugal is, is certainly a good quality to have. Uh, I think we're going to see well, that. And finding joy in things that aren't necessarily bought. I and think it's a good thing. I don't want to make it sound like I know what's going to happen. I have no flipping clue what's going to occur. It's just that I trust and I hope that the uh, the marketplace, those actors, uh, the people in search of profit, those people acting in the marketplace uh, will be able to help pull us through this. If, if it gets as bad as Gene suggests, it's going to be uh, hopefully the market will be able to help us you know, get out of it. Whatever it is, I'm just hoping that they don't bow down and obey whatever damn diktats the government comes down with during those periods. And or give a bunch of money to people with uh, political power like uh, Wall Street and the bankers. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what they're, they're doing now, right, with the yeah. bailout. You know, I've, I actually wanted to talk about that since we're on the topic here. The story is out of the Associated Press. Where the government will be buying ownership in a broad array, an ownership stake in a broad array of American banks for the first time since the Great Depression, according to Henry Paulson, the Treasury Secretary. Now, when we had talked a few months ago about, remember over the summer how all these banks were going under, Mark, when that, when that was happening? We were reporting like every night on Free Talk Live there was a new bank that was going out of business. Usually what would happen is the government would come in and they'd take over the bank. And then they would say, well, we're just taking the bank over temporarily. We're going to sell it off to another bank once we've got everything all organized here. 
And that was kind of the, the standard message from the government whenever one of these banks would fail. And I don't remember who it was, but I feel like somebody on this show predicted that we weren't that far away from the government actually just going ahead, taking over and running these banks to where they, they would just take the banks over and then not turn them over to any other banks. They'd I just don't remember with, it, but I, I, I pretty much predict that the government's going to try to take over every industry. So I, they'd like to nationalize plumbers if they could. Yeah. The, you know, People out there that would use the government for their power, they don't believe that anybody can do anything right. So they, this, this is the first step. On the path toward actually having the government completely running the banks. The first step is to give them a chunk, right? To give them a piece of ownership. And that's what they're doing. The administration, he says the government I, program... Hold on, I, I, mm-hmm. I want to clarify. Yes. I don't think that the bankers were doing the right thing. Um, I, you know, So, yes, the people in the government that don't think the bankers are doing the right thing, they might be right. However, I think the government is going to be far worse than any banker at uh, solving whatever economic problems we have. Well, the bankers were just doing what they were allowed to do. Right, they were encouraged to give out all the play in the system. All right, so and if they if they had kind of a feeling that they could get away with it, if the government was going to bail them out, if they knew that in advance, or they had a a feeling that that would have been the case, then that's all the more reason to go and give out bad loans, right? If you knew you're going to get bailed out. Anyway, uh, Paulson declared, this is a period like none of us have ever seen before. He said the government program to purchase stock in private U.S. financial firms will be open to a broad array of institutions, including banks, in an effort to help them raise desperately needed money. Huh. Banks need to raise money? Isn't that their business? Don't they? Can't they just get that money at a discounted rate from their the, the central bank? Why do they need to get it from the government? I don't know. I'm no financial expert. If you can explain that to me, it seems very confusing. Anyway, the administration retru- uh, received the authority to take such direct action in the $700 billion economic rescue bill. So this is one of the many, many things that was included in the bill was now the administration can just decide to take over banks and who knows what other industries they can uh, buy pieces of because they said that it the broad array of institutions includes banks so what else does the broad array of institutions include insurance companies what else they already got aig 1-800-259-9231 again the law sign last week paulson announced the administration's new effort to prop up banks at the conclusion of discussions among finance officials from seven industrialized countries. They endorsed the outlines of a sweeping program to combat the worst global credit crisis in decades. So you know when a bunch of governments from around the world are teaming up to do something, something bad's going to happen. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. Just head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations across the country, around the world, bring new Internet listeners on board. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks, too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. If budgets are a little tighter, can't afford airline tickets, or wish you didn't have to pay for them, or... Gasoline so, um, too much? Try WebEx. It's online meeting software, software where anybody in the world can see what's on your desktop from their desktop. So you can give PowerPoint presentations and show clients, uh, you know, have meetings with clients remotely on the Internet. It's WebEx. You can try it for free. You use 
promo code 600. That's six zero zero, and start your free trial today. They also give you a free webcam. That's Webex, W-E-B-E-X dot com. We'll go back to the calls here in a moment just to finish up the Associated Press story here on what is going on. One of the other provisions in this $700 billion economic bailout bill. One of the provisions apparently gave the administration, the federal government, the ability to, or as they call it, the authority, to take direct action in regards to purchasing stock in private U.S. financial firms. Now, it's open to what they call a broad array of institutions, including banks. So who knows what other financial institutions this could include. Probably you can name whatever it is you can name. And so the government is now planning to make make these moves. But but Henry Paulson, the Treasury Secretary, cautioned people. He said, don't worry. The U.S. program will be designed to complement banks' own efforts to raise fresh capital from private sources. The government's stock purchases will be non-voting shares, so it won't have the power to run the companies. Does anybody actually believe that statement? It's really misdirection is what it is. To suggest that just because the government doesn't have voting shares means it can't run the companies is pretty absurd, right on its face. Because the banking industry is one of the most heavily regulated industries out there. I mean, the the government essentially authorizes the existence of these banks in the first place. They tell them the rules that they're allowed to have uh, right. regarding accounts. They, you know, it the, insures the, the accounts. The amount of uh, interest they have, uh, they have to pay on certain accounts. They can't do anything without the government telling them to jump first. And so the government already essentially runs the banking industry. The central bank the central bank has certain member banks and then below those member banks there are the little banks and they're all tied together they're all tied to the central bank and they're all heavily regulated so already we have a situation where the government is effectively running the banks in that the government can set whatever rules it wants to and the banks have to do it. You know, there was a time when banks could only compete on the basis of what freebie they offered when you opened the account. Everything had to be the same. That's why, they, you know, that's why you hear about banks offering toasters, toasters. and calendars. Yeah. Now, it's not that way anymore, but only because the government allowed them to do something else. So the banks are total lapdogs of the state. And this means, this, what this change means is that now the government can actually have an ownership chunk. I'm not sure how much they can own. But I bet you that amount will probably change over time. One of the things you can absolutely say for certain about any government program is that wherever it starts is never where it ends up. Wherever a government program starts is always a smaller state than where it will be uh, 10 or 20 years later. Government programs expand, and that's because the bureaucrats that run those programs want to expand their budgets, and they want to expand the amount of bureaucrats they have underneath them in order to order around and do things with. The rural elect- Electrification board is still around from I don't I, when, I don't know when they started it but under LBJ maybe I, are, are there how many people in America don't have electricity that that want it. <laughs> So this is bad, bad news, and you guys are welcome to comment on it. Unfortunately, I'm being told that our uh, Genesis Communications Network, our wonderful syndicate, the phone system has crashed and burned there tonight. So if you're trying to dial in and you're getting, I don't know, is it ringing forever or busy signals, whatever it is you're getting, they're not answering. So do our be fault, sorry. <laughs> yeah, do be patient. We'll let you know when they're back online. Our amplifiers can call in. We do have that option tonight. So if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you can call and participate here. The purchase of the stakes in the companies that uh, we're describing would be in addition to the main thrust of the $700 billion rescue effort. 
which is uh, which is to purchase distressed assets from financial institutions as a way of unthawing frozen credit, getting banks to resume normal lending operations and staving off severe problems for businesses and everyday Americans alike. Clearly, the uh, Wall Street has has validated that this bailout is working. Oh, wait, no, it fell, what, 18% last yeah. week? It's hilarious. They, as soon as they approved it, the, the, the market went into free fall. Right. Now, wasn't it, didn't, didn't George Bush get on television the other day and say, now you have to be patient. These things are going to take time. Everything's going to be fine. Well, they didn't say it until after uh, they failed. <laughs> yeah. Everything's all right, Americans. Just trust me. <laughs> it would mark the first time the government has taken... It's really, you know, the the big concern is that these bankers wouldn't have to sell their giant yachts and their, uh, yeah. you know, G5 uh, uh, jets or whatever they are. It would mark the first time since the government, uh, the first time the government has taken equity ownership in banks in this manner since a similar program was employed during the Depression. The Treasury, under the equity purchase program, would not be involved in bank management, said Paulson. Such a program would be designed to encourage the raising of new private capital to complement public capital. Blah, blah, blah. So, Mark, is this socialism or fascism? Um, uh, well, it's nationalization of banks, so I'd yeah. have to go for socialism. Social, yeah, okay, yeah, because because fascism's where you still, but it's still kind of fascist because it's not total nationalization, but, right? But for one thing, people don't know um, the, the 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 average radio listener doesn't know what we mean by fascism. They assume fascism mean? means uh, throwing Jews in ovens. <laughs> no, fascism does not mean that. Fascism means a collusion between uh, the, the the state and business, where uh, business gets to dictate to the state what uh, policies are. Read lobbies, lobbyists. Mm. Um, you know, so it. Government. I thought fascism was also where government. You know, the, sort of goes both ways, where government gets to essentially control the businesses, but it's not actually in control. It's not like a government manager is not managing the business. A private manager is, but he's essentially following all the rules of the government. Well, um, it, it, the the under, my understanding of one of the, uh, the the ideas of fascism is that the rich and powerful. Decide what the uh, what the direction the country is going to take and that kind of thing. But there's so this you know, is kind of fascist also the, There's also the aspect of fascism that's militant, um, and I think you really have to have that uh, that jingoist aspect to have fascism. So there's a lot of that going on here in this country. This is just. Yeah, just your average state control over bullcrap. Bankers in charge of stuff. Socialism. Well, I don't know if it's your average state control, at least not for this country. It's more state control than we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Uh, by the way, the di- dictionary definition of fascism is a governmental system, this is according to dictionary.com, a governmental system led by a dictator having complete power, forcibly suppressing opposition and criticism. We've seen uh, where in the Republican National Convention, Democratic National Conventions, those people that were outside of those it sounds areas like a were, dictatorship to me so were, far, I think. They, they were definitely forcibly suppressed, uh, regimenting all industry, commerce, etc., and emphasizing an aggressive nationalism. And often racism. So we've seen a lot of nationalism. We've seen racism in the form of uh, anti-Muslim sentiment and anti-free traveler sentiment. The government isn't necessarily uh, for that, but however, they are going after the illegal aliens, and and, uh, I wonder how they target them. Toll free, 800-259-9231. So stringent socioeconomic controls, uh, business and government working hand in hand. I would say the government taking over a, a part ownership of banks, it's probably both. It's probably a little both. You know, it's not fully socialized, not fully nationalized, and it's still definitely fascist. So it's, it still sort of fits into that fascio-socialist situation that we have here in this country. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of totalitarianism the world has never seen. The first, a first for the world. Well, um, it's it's just rule by the rich. 
Let's Oligarchy. go to your phone calls. Let's talk to Lori on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I want to talk about promoting the show. Okay. Um, and I know I'm going to change the topic, but um, I blog over at Blogabile, and uh, we just opened up an online store. And um, the reason why I'm calling is because we have a selection of Free Talk Live merchandise and uh, Liberty Conspiracy merchandise. Oh, that is excellent. And that's good because our store manager, the Free Talk Live store manager, uh, Johnson, has been unfortunately unable to operate the Free Talk Live store. So it's been shut down for a number of months. And uh, it, it, this is wonderful. So very decentralized where our listeners have, have been able to use some of the graphics that we offer up over at free talk, over at promote.freetalklive.com. You can go and get a vector graphic of the Free Talk Live logo and slap it on a T-shirt if you want to. So uh, people can go to blogofbile.com and order those. Why should they order it from you, though? Because um, we're donating 15% of the net profits from every Free Talk Live shirt um, and uh, Liberty Conspiracy shirt to the respective shows. Very cool. Very cool. All right, cool. Is that all you had to share with us? Yeah, pretty much. Thanks, Good idea. Appreciate the call, and thanks for doing that. Take, thanks for taking the effort to, to pick up the ball there. Now, I'm hoping that, it, I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point we will reopen the Free Talk Live store. Uh, so stay tuned for more information on that. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Well, shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. Our number three is coming up. Gun confiscation. We may be on the verge of it, at least in one California county. We'll give you the details coming up, and you can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching here in hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves if you're in a Free Talk Live amplifier. If you're not, well, sorry. The toll-free lines are down at the moment. There was a crash at the network, and it has not yet uh, returned. So, sorry about that. Anyway, if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, dial on in. We'll put you on the air about whatever you want. I suppose I could give a long-distance number out. Should I do that, Mark? Should I give a long-distance number? Yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt. Anyway, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, here you go. Long distance, 603-435-1105. If you are that desperate enough to spend the uh, whatever the toll is to call that number, I guess some people have got the free calling plans, right? I, if you're I do. Cell phone, stuff like that. Probably won't cost most of you. Uh, something to call that. 603-435-1105. For anybody listening, you're welcome to dial that while we are off the uh, toll-free lines for tonight. All right. So uh, coming up here, Mark, you've got a story. 
pretty disturbing story, actually, about gun... Co- well, it's not really yet getting to the point of confiscation, but it might. Happening out in California, we'll get to... Well, actually, we're going to get to that, but somebody dropped off the line. So let's get to it now. What's the story, Mark? Well, it's, it's here from the uh, ocregister.com. Sheriff begins taking away concealed weapons permits. Uh-oh, taking them away. Wait a minute, the people had to jump through all kinds of hoops to get those things, especially, I'd imagine, out in California. Oh, I'm sure. Well, as a matter of fact, I'll show you just how difficult it is shortly. Okay. Uh, Take into consideration, this is Orange County, California. I don't know how many people are in Orange County, California, but I'd guessed millions. I'll, I'll check on that for you. The Sheriff's Department has begun to process the process of revoking hundreds of concealed weapons permits across Orange County. This week, department officials confirmed that 146 letters had been sent out advising current license holders that their permits to carry firearms in public, called CCWs, are being revoked. There are currently 1,024 permit holders. In the county wow. of Orange County, California, right, there are only 1,024 permit holders. As, as a little perspective, you are right, Mark. Uh, the population as of 2006? 2006, 4,000. 4 million. No, actually, only three. Okay, three, three million. million. All right. So out three of million, three million, one thousand twenty-four people have permits. Wow. And they're getting rid of about fifteen percent of those permits. That's they're, they're revoking those uh, those permits. The department has determined that your identified risk does not meet the good cause threshold as required under the new CCW policy, based upon the information you provided. As a result, this de- um, it, of this determination, the department's present intention is to revoke your CCW license, reads the form letter sent out this month. We own you. The letter sent out under the signature of Captain Dave Naswanger advises uh, current holders that if they feel that additional information should be considered, that they have roughly one month to provide additional good cause information for the department to consider before the revocation becomes final. So now, they get to I, keep their I'd guns. I'd like to make a speculation here. Uh, they do get to keep their guns. But they have to turn in the per- they have to turn they're not going to even have to turn it in it's just going to be revoked. It's so revoked you're and you're not allowed to carry it on you, on your person any right. longer. I'll bet you the people that aren't having that 900 and whatever people that can do have concealed weapons permits um they get know, to keep them. They get to keep them. Yeah. Who who do you think their employer is? The city? I'll bet you Police? that the vast majority of them are some form of law enforcement officer. Yeah, you or, know, I bet you're right. Yep, I'll bet they are. I, I could be wrong. Maybe as a law enforcement officer, they just have a, automatically have a concealed weapons permit and they aren't included in this number. I could be wrong, but it's just mm. a speculation because this is how government works. Yeah. You, citizen, that don't work for us, you're not good enough to have a gun. Even though the Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And that seems pretty clear to me. Even in Orange County, California, hmm. they're just taking them. They're taking them away from people. You're not going to be able to have a concealed weapons permit in California, almost. Period. How do you feel about this? One eight hundred two five. Wait a minute, I can't give you that number. That's the wrong number to give you. Uh, how do you feel about this? Dial us up at six zero three. Four three five one one zero five. That's six zero three four three five one one zero five. Unfortunately, having to use a bizarre phone number tonight because of phone troubles. So, so this is like they're taking away the permits that these people jumped through hoops to get through. It is not an easy oh, it, process. Absolutely, in it couldn't be an easy process because only a thousand people have them. They've done it, yeah, in, in, a, three, in a county of three million. Right. I wonder what what it's like over in Montana. Like if we were to look at Kalispell, Montana, for instance, and see 
in a, this little city in Montana with a population of 25,000. How many people have gun permits there? Well, we're I bet on you'd an, see a bigger ratio. Uh, I, I would, I would uh, th- think that's true. Ratio. But think yeah. about KVT and uh, Brattleboro, Vermont. You don't even need to have a concealed carry permit to concealed carry yeah, in that's Vermont. True. Somehow or another, people aren't dying in droves in the state of Vermont, but anybody can carry a gun, anybody who's not a convicted felon, can carry a gun on them concealed without any kind of permit whatever. Okay, I'm flying blind here. I have no idea. We don't have a screener in-house, so unscreened calls on this number. Who is this? You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, this is Chad from Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Chad. What's on your mind tonight? Just uh, listen to y'all talk about the gun permit. Like, uh, you ever thought maybe like martial law? It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think so too. Well, they're they're letting them keep their guns for now, but they're not allowing them to carry their guns. Yeah, anyway. you've got to keep it in your house with with a trigger with a trigger lock. Yeah. you know, in a in a safe in your basement. Yeah, it's just kind of maybe I don't know. Maybe they're testing things out around that area, and it could you know transpire to you know other states. Well, California it, it, it tends to be the leader in a lot of areas like that. Yeah. Well, exactly and we've already right. seen gun confiscation go on. We mentioned last hour how it happened in uh, Louisiana and that it also happened in Kansas after a natural disaster. That was the excuse that the government people needed to come in and take people's guns away from them. It didn't matter if they had a concealed carry permit or not. They they were taking people's guns from them. So is this uh, is this prefacing something? And it is, if so, maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe they really did leave those 900 people are all for instance perhaps military members or police uh police officers that have these guns which means they have all the guns and the regular law-abiding people don't have any oh and don't forget the criminal element they're not going to have their permits taken away from them because they don't ask for permits right exactly anything else on your mind chad no man that's that's about it just Thank, the call. thank you for the call. You're the one that made it. 800 it. I need to write this number down. 603-435-1105. We've got phone trouble, so that's the only number that you have for tonight. 603-435-1105. You can still take control of the airwaves and bring up anything here on Free Talk Live. Uh, so how would you respond to this? If you were in Orange County, California, or maybe you are in Orange County, California, and you got this news. You're one of the 115, was it? 150 people? 140. You're one of those 140 something people that are going to have your uh, your license 46. Your license to carry taken away from you. What do you do about that? Hmm? What are your options? What are your solutions in that particular case? I can tell you, you what the vast majority of Americans are going to do. No, they're just not going to carry. Well, they're not going to do anything, right? Or they'll be criminals. Or yeah, start keep carrying and then all of a sudden you're an instant criminal. Right. Until the next time some cop pulls you over, wants to frisk you, and then, oh boy. So, what, what, what are the other options? Let's see, you could just keep doing what you were doing and not do anything, or you could get in touch with your city councilors or the county representatives or whatever the hell they call them out there. Get in touch with your selectmen and ask them to turn this around. Please, please, please turn this around. Because Don't they, take my permit from uh, because me. Because they cared so much, the, the politicians cared so much when Americans contacted them about this bailout. Uh, they listened to you, right? right. They cared so much, and they've done such a good job of following the rules of the Constitution up to this point when the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Of course these people care. You know what, Mark, when gun owners lost... working within the system is the only way we're going to solve it. You know, when the gun owners lost this battle, Mark, was way back whenever they instituted permits. 
Yep. This is when it was the, the freedom to own firearms and bear yep. firearms was lost. When you guys, you gun owners, decided to bow down and get a permit. When the government came up with the idea, whoever it was, whichever brilliant government bureaucrat decided to come up with the idea of permitting people to carry and own firearms, <laughs> we'll, well, the way it we'll went extract was, money from all these gun owners and it, get them to jump through all of our hoops for In us. some towns, they wouldn't allow you to carry um, in city limits. You couldn't carry on your hip in city limits or whatever. You know, they, they, they whatever. Had, the first regulation right was. they had shootouts or or you know shootings and oh, there's always an excuse right? there's always been something bad that happens right. an, an excuse i mean if a person gets killed with a fork tomorrow are we gonna ban forks only the metal forks you can still have a plastic fork we can have a spork yes one eight, but the spork, uh, the points cannot be any longer than half an inch. It must, uh, you know, only have a certain te- tensile strength. It must bend <laughs> if uh, in contact with a human eye. All right, eight hundred two five. Oh, the king! Damn it! I should just keep giving out the damn number. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves. Unfortunately, our toll-free line is down and out for the time being, so you're gonna have to use this decrepit old long-distance, regular long-distance number. 603-435-1105. It's only one line, so you're going to get a busy signal because somebody's on it right now. 603-435-1105. And you can bring up anything. You can talk about anything. That is the point of the program. We take your calls. You discuss what you want. You can be on topic, off topic, whatever. It goes. It's your show. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, and they include updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on that list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. You can get the inside scoop on football betting from Ted Murray and find out about rape defense from self-defense expert Kimmer Johnson. All at paladinpodcast.com. Paladinpodcast.com is a service of Paladin Press, where you can browse over 900 books and DVDs on topics such as personal and financial freedom, Second Amendment issues, self-defense, and more. Remember, it's paladinpodcast.com. All right, special number for tonight only, 603-435-1105. We go to Matt listening to WSJM-FM in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. How's it going tonight? Hey, Matt, what's on your mind? Oh, I was just uh, listening to you guys. I'm uh, traveling. I work on the road doing telecommunications, and I've been in Michigan lately. Mm-hmm. And I've been noticing between Jackson and Arbor, they're pulling people over and just searching. This is in the middle of the day. I took a trip from Chelsea, Michigan, right next to Jackson to Ann Arbor, 35, 40 miles away and back. I saw two different people with all their stuff out of their car oh, being searched in the middle of the day because of some government drug task force that everybody knows about that they're pulling all these people over on this stretch of road. So is that not just a big waste of money? (laughs) You're suggesting that the drug dealers would be aware of such things occurring and they would avoid that road? Well, everybody that I was at the store I was working at was telling me, yeah, there's some drug task force going (laughs) on, so they're pulling over just random people. They didn't even know how they were profiling them. Mm -hmm. The people that I saw pulled over weren't gangbangers apparel, you know, it didn't they weren't driving some old ratty beat up truck. They were right. driving a normal, you know, mid mid sized sedan. You know, know, Honda Corolla, something like Toyota Corolla, something like that. I'm glad you brought this up because we haven't talked about police searches in quite a while on this program. And I think it's important to remind people that if a cop ever asks you if they can search, which is usually how most searches happen, usually it's the cop is asking people to search. If you are being asked to search, 
The reason why is because the cop has absolutely no reason to do so, and he's on a fishing expedition. He wants you to say yes, so he'll have permission to search. Because if he didn't need your permission to search, he wouldn't be asking you. So if a cop asks to search, you absolutely have the right to say no. Now, the cop was not going to stop there. Usually they're trained to intimidate people, and they'll tell you that, well, if you don't let me search, I'm just going to go get a warrant, or I'm going to go get a drug dog. We're going to bring a drug dog out here. And it's certainly possible that they, I suppose they could bring a drug dog out. It's been known to happen. But at the same time, you could also ask a question. Remember, when you're dealing with the police... But if you're feeling surly, you're feeling free... You can say no. You can. If you've got something in your car, say no. Say no. <laughs> uh, and so if, you, so if you're on the side of the road and the cop asks to search, you say no and they th- continue threatening you, you might want to consider asking this question, am I being detained? And then follow that one up with, am I free to go? If they say you're not being detained and you are free to go, then you're out of there. Matt, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's... That's more like I was thinking, too. If there were drug dogs out there and this other one, there wasn't a drug dog out there. And this little lady, she looked like a college girl, you know, sitting on the side of the road looking, you know, ashamed and intimidated by all of her stuff being ripped out of her truck on the side of the road. It was it's, it was embarrassing to watch. It is. It is so sad. And the worst, one of the worst parts about it, beyond the fact that you waste your time just standing there as these cops tear apart your car, and not, beyond the fact that you waste your time and it's, it's undignified what they're doing. They waste your time. They waste your time. You have to put your car back together. I've never heard of one police search where the police actually put the car back together for somebody. Where they just they there's got to be some good cop out I'm there. I'm sure that's done they it. do, but it doesn't seem likely that a good cop would be searching people on the side of the road like that. So usually, what you'll see happen is they'll just splay all that stuff out of your car on the side of the road, and then if they don't find anything, it's well, have a nice day. We're out of here. I, I, I disagree. I disagree in. that a uh, that a cop that disagrees with us on the drug war is in fact a bad cop. I think that uh, the the one can disagree with me on this issue, still be a good cop, and still behave well. You're a bad person if you uh, disagree with us on the war on drugs. If you're enforcing the war on drugs against people, against innocent people... You're not a bad person if you haven't thought about the issue. You weren't a bad person before you considered the issue. Doing wrong things is still wrong, even if you don't think about the things you're doing, Mark. If you go and kill somebody without thinking about it, that's still a wrong action. Matt, do you have any other thoughts for us? Well, if you want to go a little deeper into that about police killings and stuff, I'm from a small county in Wisconsin. I'm talking three stoplights. Um, there's been three or four rightful shootings, and I'll explain one of them. Guy gets pulled over, elderly gentleman, middle of winter, not middle of winter, it's late October, mm-hmm. windows rolled up. They told him not to reach in his glove box, but he's reaching in his glove box for something. I think it was registration, and there was a pocket knife in there. Now, there's a police officer on each side of the car. They go knife and both unload their clips into this car. Oh, my gosh. And it was considered a rightful shoot. Nobody lost their life. Nobody lost their job over this. That's no, crazy. It very rarely happens. The police get away with murder, and in many cases, they'll be given awards for what they've done. I thank you for the yep. call, and have a safe trip on your ride out there. Thank you, you Matt. You too. Thanks, guys. Yep. Uh, so the number here normally is toll-free. Right now it's a special non-toll-free number. So yep. you're, you're extra special if you call this number. It's a shame that the, uh, the bad cops that do crap like that do get the awards, and they, they do. do. I mean, they do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's not it's an true. isolated incident. It's a shame that they do because there's a lot of good cops out there that deserve those awards. I wish they were getting them. 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105. Special number just for you tonight uh, because our toll-free lines are working. Hey, you know, speaking of a man with a knife, 
if that guy in the car had been living in Great Britain at the time, then he might still be alive today because they've got a knife ban. And we all know that whenever the government bans things, they just go away. Nobody ever has them anymore, right? Ziggy? Ziggy's on the line in the U.K. That's There's no knives yeah, left in Great it's a, Britain. It's a, if you get caught with a knife, it can be a two-year sentence. Two years? And two... it's five years for a handgun. How's it work with kitchen knives and stuff? Well, I mean, I haven't technically banned guns. It's base. It's it's basically um, if if they think that you're going to be using it aggressively. So you mean knives? I mean, you mean knives? You, you they haven't banned knives. You, sorry. You, I, you said they haven't banned guns. You, did you mean knives? Sorry, they haven't banned. They can't ban knives because I mean carpenters and electricians and work people use them, and they have them in their utility belts. So it's it's just really left up to the discretion of the uh, the, the 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 police yeah. officer. Um, I just want to say, um, Mark, I sent uh, Mark, I sent you an, an article written by a guy called Ed Joyce. It was funny, I was just listening to the last bloke. Ed's best friend was shot dead by the police in oh. May. Mm. What were the circumstances? Um, the guy was having, I, I, I don't know the full extent, he was, he was back in the news this week because his family are appealing uh, against the police for doing so because there was collusion after the, the incident, um, basically the police getting their storage strike. Right, the police love to work together to close the thin blue line around themselves, as you might call it. So, Thanks, Zig, I mean, for the call, sir. Appreciate it, as always. They love to close the thin blue line around whoever it is being under suspect of being a naughty police officer. In a lot of ways, they act like a gang in yeah, that respect. They all come to one another's defense, and they back each other up. And well, very rarely, but the, those in power do. Very rarely do they get in trouble. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, but not right now, because our phones are loaded and we're having trouble with the toll-free numbers. We will give you an alternate number. It's 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. It is still Free Talk Live. But it's loaded, right? It's loaded, so you're going to get a business here. Anyway, uh, this is still Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got live streams there, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, and a webcam version of the show, which I have ironed out some trouble. We had some trouble with the webcam uh, over the past few days. It was kind of crapping out on us a little bit, and I think it's up to uh, up to par now. It's looking smooth, looking nice. It's been good all night, so... Enjoy all that stuff for free over at listen.freetalklive.com. Now then, spring and summer internships in broadcast and print journalism are available through the Institute for Humane Studies. They're looking for good communicators from all majors to place at daily papers and major media outlets for the spring or the summer. All positions are paid. That's right, a paid internship in the broadcast world. This is unpre- unprecedented, unheard of. I'm sure there's some broadcast mediums that pay their uh, interns. However... 
Not, not, not any a, radio stations I've ever been to. Yeah. All positions are paid, and they even include a career workshop, uh, as well as some free books and opportunities to network in major media centers like New York City, L.A., and D.C. The deadline to apply for an early summer decision is November 1st. So visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. That's libertarianinternships.com. Good news. I am told the phones are back online. The toll-free number is again available It's 1-800-259-9231. As we go to your phone calls, and we start with Nigel in New York on the amp line. Hello, Nigel. Hi. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, the guy in Michigan was talking about cops not doing any profiling in that case. Uh, And you all may remember this summer I called in about my moral quandary of working for a company that was building a section of the border fence. Oh, yeah. And uh, on the way back from that, we had to go through one of these immigration checkpoints that the Border Patrol has set up. Where they demand to know your citizenship, right? They demand to know your citizenship? Right. Right. And and when we came to it, I was, I was, I guess you could say, incensed. I was not happy to be there. But, you know, it was me, the young white guy, and two old white guys. And so we just, we pull up, I roll down the window. They say, everyone here, American citizens, they look in, you know, we're all well-dressed white guys. Mm-hmm. One guy says, yeah, and then we move on. So you didn't and answer the question. you got to figure that, uh, and actually somebody, uh, my boss told me a story that they were, uh, some people out of another office had been going through that same checkpoint, and, they, you know, there was a Hispanic guy in there, and they, just as a joke, told the, uh, told the, um, Border Patrol officer, oh no, like this guy's not an American. And then what? that caused a big ruckus. Like, that was, was a joke? To do so. It was a bad yeah. joke. <laughs> it was an awful joke. Oh my but gosh. What happened? It, nothing ended up happening aside from, you know, a, a discrimination thing being filed and all that kind of junk. But it's, it's just that, you know, it's oh, well, okay, if you're white, you're clearly an American citizen, you know, if you have the right <laughs> accent and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, they claim they don't racial profile. I wonder how many Icelandics... The problem they, is not racial profiling. The I, I wonder how many Icelandics they've caught at these uh, these these uh, little roving patrols that they do <laughs> inside the border. Yeah, I mean, supposedly it's, you know, people just stuff in a van or something and then come up to San Antonio or Dallas or something like that. But either way... They're at most stemming the flow. So, so. Uh, Nigel, I guess you d- were not able to convince your, I guess, co uh, the people, the other people in the car there, whether you're co-travelers, to not answer the questions and instead ask questions back. That's always fun. I, I tried to actually, but I didn't push it very hard. This that, is work. It was kind of my job. Yeah, this you is know, work. Yeah, well, it's the kind of work that's going to help keep us free, Mark. That kind of work is the people not obeying and people throwing questions just back at these officious when, bureaucrats. When you're looking to get a job done, there's a, there's a time and place, and this may not have been the time and place. Oh, I thought you were saying it was right. work to, uh, to ask questions of those people, and it would be easier to not ask those questions. Sorry, I misinterpreted. Nigel, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 1-800-259-9231. Uh, for those that don't know I'm, what I'm referencing, I'm talking about a an excellent blog out there in the world of the Internet called CheckpointUSA.org. CheckpointUSA is what you want to look for, where a man down, I think it's in New Mexico or Arizona, anyway, down there in the border region, he's always traveling around down there, and he's constantly coming across these internal checkpoints that Nigel was talking about. 
except he doesn't bow down like most people do. Now, to to be fair, the dude is a white guy, but he doesn't bow down. When they pull him, when he pulls aside, he does pull over, because if you don't pull over, then they're going to send people with guns after you, and they might shoot you. So he does pull over, but when they demand to know what his citizenship is, he just bats back questions at them. He just bats it back with, am I being detained? Am I free to go? Am I being detained? Uh, what's your name? What's your badge number? Who's your supervisor? Am I free to go? Am I being detained? And every single time, every video, he's been, he has been let go because, well, he hasn't ever answered their question. They'll ask him if he's an American citizen. All he has to do is say yes, but he doesn't. He asks them questions in return. I think it's a wonderful tactic. It's a great technique, and people should study it and perhaps even put it into practice when they're dealing with bureaucrats asking, asking in, uh, Intrusive questions. Many people would uh, question, what in the world are we supporting the idea that, uh, you know, the, the illegal aliens are coming, they're bringing leprosy, and they're taking <laughs> our jobs. You know, that, that this they kind would of thing. That. But really, I mean, they're doing roving patrols inside the United States. They're asking people for their papers. Mm-hmm. Did you expect this in a free country? Does that sound like a free country to well, you? Well, freedom ain't free, Mark. It's the price you pay for freedom, and that is that you're not free. Right. If you're giving up your freedom <laughs> to have freedom, you don't have freedom, dummy. Yeah. Let's continue with your calls. And talk. and if you're willing to give up your freedom in order to stop the illegal aliens, well, like, you you can't give up mine. Yeah, I don't want to be your countryman. Let's continue and talk to Bile. Excuse me, actually. Let's yeah talk to the real Bile. Bile in New Jersey on the airplane. Hey, guys. Hey, Bile, what's on your mind? Well, um, let's see. It was about a little over a week ago. I think it was Thursday before last. Uh, one of your callers, I forget who it was, called up and asked about um, sort of a, a repository, you know, sharing data between uh, liberty activists. It was John um, in New Hampshire. That's right. And um, so, and in the chat room at the time, I had emailed you and, or uh, I am you and said that uh, I was working on something like that. Well, it's up and running, and Excellent. I've been in contact with uh, Sam from Texas, and he's putting together something which I'm not really going to go into because I don't think he's done with the proposal yet. But uh, his idea involves sort of getting pulling information from for different court-related things uh, for activists in the future who have issues with the courts. So Great. likely we're going to be working together, and the website is libertyactivism.info. It's wiki-based. And hopefully some listeners and anyone who who has some time can go on there and put anything related to liberty activism that they can. Okay, what are some of the categories? I mean, what would you suggest that people put in there? Uh, well, right now I've got um, putting stuff about my census experiences, the Federal Reserve, um, uh, propaganda, just examples of propaganda or making your own. Uh, arguing techniques, personal experiences, and how to make you know posters, T-shirts, just Great. everything and anything. So this is totally open. If it's related to liberty activism, you should go to, let me see if I remember correctly, libertyactivism.info? Yes. Okay, excellent. So people should go there and contribute to this. It's a wiki, which, as our listeners know, and if you are new to the Internet, you may not know, is an Internet phenomenon that allows – it's a program, basically, that allows anybody who goes to the website to essentially create content on the website. You don't have to ask anybody's permission. You just go create an account, and you start adding things to it. Of course, that it means inevitably you might come up against the factor of somebody vandalizing pages, but luckily there's an easy revert button that you can revert 
back to older versions and you can ban the offending parties. So there is a level of control that can be exercised if it's necessary. And I'm sure you'll be uh, making sure things are all neat and tidy. And I thank you, Bile, for promoting that and get out there. And if you're listening and you think that's a good idea, head over to libertyactivism.info and contribute to it. I think it could be quite a resource over time. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is your show, the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time to sneak your call in at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site, so enjoy those. freetalklive.com. DEXC20 is a natural appetite suppressant, enabling people to eat less and still feel full. Users report they eat the same foods, they just eat less of them without feeling hungry. They also report feeling more energy without the jitters. I, I've been taking Dexy 20 for a couple of months now, losing weight. It's working that same way for me. Uh, I recommend it if you want to lose weight and do it the easy way. You don't have time to get to the gym. Not so great about eating the right foods all the time. DexC20. Get it at Walgreens, CVS, GNC, or diet.freetalklive.com. Now, I know a lot of our radio listeners out there uh, tonight, we are on a, a whole bunch of stations on Saturday night. And so we've got a lot of people listening on the radio tonight. I know many of you are probably in your cars right now or perhaps at work or something like that. When you get home or when you get back in front of a computer terminal, when you get in front of an Internet browser... Please take a moment and go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for the month of October for Free Talk Live. You only have to do it once a month. It makes a big difference for us when you vote for Free Talk Live because it helps push us uh, up to the top of the, the podcastalley.com top ten chart and keep us there. And I believe we're still at number one, but we need to solidify our lead, and we could really use your vote to do that. Please go to vote.freetalklive.com. All you need is your email address. It won't be sold or spammed. It's only used for verification purposes, just to make sure you're a real person. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com, and I thank you in advance for taking the time to do that. As we go to your phone calls and talk to Steve in Colorado. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Steve in Colorado. Are you there, sir? Steve going once, Steve going twice. I'll try putting him on hold. Maybe we'll try him back at the end of the show. Otherwise, we go to Bill listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hello, Bill. Hi. It's on your mind tonight. Hello. Hey there. Can I ask you a question before I get into what I was really wanting to talk about? By all means. Um, Is it illegal, the way I understand now what you guys said, is it illegal to conceal and carry in the state of California? No, that was – no, no, no. The story was – Orange County in California has revoked over 140 people's concealed carry permits. So for those 140 people and everybody else without a concealed carry permit, yes, it is illegal. And it is illegal in California to conceal and carry without the permit. Without a permit, yes. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Um, I want to talk about was a little bit more about the economic thing and what happened this week. Sure. And to kind of respond a little bit to Gene, I guess. Um, Gene was kind of angry, I guess, and was kind of... I think talking it down and hoping it was going to crash. But Gene had some very dire economic predictions earlier in the program. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, sometimes I feel the same way that he does. You know, you, you, I kind of cheer, when it goes down, I kind of cheer sometimes. But <laughs> overall, I don't really want it to go into a depression. You know, mm-hmm. me either. Um, but I, I just wanted to make the point that the people, when we we would say the government is all powerful and the people don't have any power, this week it was just the opposite. The power of the people when they were selling. No matter what the government was doing and what the government was saying, 
it still went down. So the power of the yeah. people is still there. Oh, you're right. I'm glad you pointed that out because it is so true, and it's always true. The people always have power, but they rarely choose to exercise it. And you're pointing out how it was the marketplace that was acting, and the marketplace was doing whatever it wanted to do, regardless of what the government was doing. Every time George, every time George Bush talks, it drops another. <laughs> shut up, George. Yeah, shut up and go play golf. Uh, Have a good night, gentlemen. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the call. And he's right. Not only is he right from a market-based perspective in that the marketplace is such a uh, powerful force that it manages to just flow around whatever government barriers are put up for the most part. The only reason why the market isn't more powerful than it currently is is because people are sort of abdicating their own responsibility and power, and they're allowing themselves to be controlled. They're allowing themselves to be manipulated by the government rules. So when the government people come down with some new arbitrary rule, some regulation that they, that they have to jump through, business owners will jump through those hoops. They'll do whatever it is that the, that is being demanded of them. And... It, if you really want to see how much power an individual can have, start non-cooperating. Start engaging in civil disobedience. We saw one man change the court system here in Keene, New Hampshire a few weeks ago. One man changed the system simply by threatening to allow himself to be arrested for violating the judge's ban on panning cameras in the courtroom. He threatened to, to, uh, to go into that court and pan the camera anyway... You know, panning, meaning move the camera from right to left, left to right. He was going to do that anyway, whether or not he was arrested. And the judge backed down, and he changed the rules of the court. He didn't back down. He had misinterpreted the rules and, and, and gave him the opportunity want. to look at he what the rules were. He down because he was threatening to, to arrest people, threatening to hurt people who would pan a camera in that court. And he changed his mind about that, and he backed down. And he did the right thing by backing down. I'm not uh, trying to chastise him. I think he did the right thing. But it's my point here is that that was what happened when one man... And decided to put it on the line, decided to take a risk, risk being thrown in a cold cage in a prison cell. It's one thing to be um, to risk being put in a, a cold cage for a little while, a few days, a few weeks, whatever. It's another thing entirely to risk your whole business. I understand that, Mark. I understand that not very many people are ever going to take these risks. All I'm telling you is that when one man does it, it can be incredibly powerful. And we have yet to see what will happen when 50 or 100 or 200 men and women decide to also be civilly disobedient and non-cooperative, all in the same manner of uh, the same manner and the same time frame. Things can get very, very interesting. So yes, people always have the power, but if they choose not to do anything about it, then they're just serfs and they're slaves. As we continue, you can bring up anything, Tom, in South Carolina. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, <laughs> I find out I'm calling a week late. Oh? In South Carolina, we're a little behind. I didn't know we were that far back, though. I don't understand. The, the guy that uh, called in, uh, there was a college student, and some the, they sent him a letter about appearing for court, and he never got the letter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Really? It's ringing a bell. This I was remember last it from week. last week, yeah. This was last week, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyhow, can I change my topic quick? I just want to yeah. ask one quick question. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that guy's got his problem solved by now. I hope so. Since it's a week ago, so but I want to find out what the did you guys remember, recall what the constant what the Constitution says about throwing the rascals out of government when they're not doing their job. I I, I don't really know what that section is. I wish that the, I wish I wish they had one where they hung them for the highest tree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it has it that drastic, but I do believe that they have a they they have a uh, it is in the Constitution somewhere. 
where uh, they can be forcibly removed. Well, there's an impeachment process. Uh, I don't think it that. I don't think that's it. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to I check something out. But I, 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 I'm not familiar with this, it. This no. is news that's to what, me. That's what I feel like the one, the biggest problem with the Constitution is it doesn't have teeth. There's um, no provisions it's, for. It's a great idea and everything. However, you know, when the government bureaucrats decide to uh, to violate it, not really much happens. Right. Uh, absolutely true. I think there's. Uh, I think some some uh, impeachment processes should be started on. Uh, not impeachment, but uh, oh heck, what is it when they uh, when they you know aid and abet the enemy? That what is that's it? That's treason. Yeah, that's it. I think I think some people should be uh, prosecuted for treason. When was the last time that happened to some government official? I don't know, but McCarthy was right. The commies did take over. Yes, they did. I agree. Thanks, Tom. And it's I su- getting worse. I'm with you, man, and I thank you for the call. I appreciate uh, the sentiment there. I don't know if it's, I don't know if that happening is too realistic. I don't think that's ever going to actually well, clearly occur. Clearly, it's not. I mean, they're right. obvi- they're obviously. Uh, he's just mentioning the, yes. the clause. I'm not saying that he, be- he he wasn't saying that he believed. Oh no, it was no, going to I wasn't saying he was. Gonna, I wasn't suggesting he believed it was going to happen either. I'm just pointing out for anybody listening that nice idea, but not very likely. Because in order for something like that to happen, you'd have to elect people who are, who would be willing to take those actions. And nobody on the slate of candidates today, with the exception of maybe Ron Paul, would have that sort of uh, level of qualification. Well, there's not much chance of Ron Paul getting elected president anymore. I mean, no. that, that was lost in the primary, I'm afraid. Right. And Ron Paul does, you know, pony up some good ideas from time to time, but usually he's the only one with them, so... I don't I don't think there's any real reform that's going to be effective in Washington D.C. Nothing effective will change I think there. That, that's why I'm a secessionist. Yeah. I, I I just all the I, way. Baby. The, the, the government's it's too big. It's never going to get any smaller. Yep. Uh, the the federal government's too you know too juicy of a tidbit for the these these people that would wish to control others with their actions. Know that they can make lots of money doing it. Right. And if you if you want to control other people's lives, then get into government because there's always a new opportunity. We don't have time for it tonight. Maybe we'll get to it later this week where massachusetts is now looking at uh banning the sale of salvia divinorum uh mint a family in the the, the plant that's in the family of mint plants possibly going to be banned in massachusetts and this is right at the same time when massachusetts is looking at passing a piece of uh one of the initiatives that will actually legalize or decriminalize marijuana so as always with the political system even if you can get a step forward to liberty there's a step backward happening at the exact same time and usually it's at least two to ten steps backward at the exact same time and of course the initiative might not even pass we'll find out i guess more here in another few weeks it has been ian here with you and mark and we'll return monday night You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Wishing you a happy, safe, fun weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 